What up, friends? If you know about Jobber, you know they do a great job of supporting and promoting small businesses just like me and you. Um, So I wanted to take a moment, jump in here, and say thanks for their sponsorship and promoting our podcast. One of our listeners tuned in and wanted to know what kind of businesses does Jobber help? Well, Jobber helps a wide range of home service businesses. Just to name a few, plumbing, painting, roofing, landscaping, lawn care, pest control, snow removal, and general contracting. Basically, if you operate a business that provides a service to customers at their property, Jobber can help. Check out the full list of industries at www.getjobber.com backslash Britt-Dowd, and that's B-R-I-T-T-D-O-W-D. So I hope you check it out, and again, thanks Jobber for promoting this podcast. This is the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast, starting in three, two, one, go. Hey, Lawn Care Leaders, thanks for listening in. So we have a sit-down chat, not face-to-face, but we both were sitting down, I'm assuming, during this call with Eric Blome owner of Northern Iowa Property Management Services, and I think you all can relate to Eric. Um, So he's got a full-time job um, as a welder and then is doing lawn care on the side, has a baby on the way coming down the pipe pretty quick, and um, we spoke with Eric about what it's going to take to take his business to the next level um, and go full-time, and then also touched on some topics that he's struggling with right now. We just kind of bounced ideas off each other and uh, conversated around the points of like how to back into pricing and set your margins and make what you need to make. We talked about um, using subcontractors, competitors, other people that have established business to actually get in, learn some base knowledge and get paid for it. And then also the opportunities that have come out of that, um, such as business being passed that that company doesn't want to handle, or maybe they're at max capacity in a certain service scope, and so they've been pitching it to Eric. So we talk about that. And then at the end, I think you all can really, really relate to this one. Eric asks some like five deep questions around employees and hiring. And uh, so we, we talk about the boundaries of hiring family members, how to hire correctly, and um, how, to, how to hire, or, or really how to attract, hire, and keep quality talent. Um, in our industry, it is something that everyone struggles with. You ask somebody, well, what, what, what's your issue right now? And guaranteed, if it's not the first thing out of their mouth, it's the second. It's, well, I can't, I can't find good people. I can't find good help. I can't keep quality people around. I can't trust anybody. I got to do all the work myself. So we talk about that and hiring quality people it's what's going to give you a sustainable company Um, that way you can be the owner of the company the business is not running you you're running it Um, so we we talk about that a little bit but i really do think um, for our demo that listen to this audience for all you business owners out there this is going to be really really beneficial 
Um, a lot of people are in his shoes. A lot of people are just starting out and kind of see the direction that they want to go, but are having these same issues and questions come up. So really fun conversation with Eric. I know you guys are going to enjoy this. Sit back, hold on tight, and we will be back with you soon. going on man so let's get let's get into it i am here with eric blome northern iowa property management services how's your week been going eric pretty good pretty good we haven't had much rain so good 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 that's awesome cool well um before we jump, so what we'll do, Eric, I want to I want to get your story, get your background, add some value to our listeners. But um, first, tell us a little bit about your personal life. Where exactly are you in Iowa? And uh, kind of give us a, a two to three minute elevator speech on on who you are and your family. All right. So um, I actually live in Waterloo, Iowa. Um, Waterloo Road. That's cool. Big town of Waterloo. True fact. I was born in Davenport. Oh really? Yep, yep. I love, I love my, I love my Iowa people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I like it around here. Yeah, good, um, good spot yeah, to be. So, yeah. So I actually work full time as a welder. Okay. Um, and then I do the mowing on the side, and I'm looking to get into that full time. Okay. And. Next year, I intend to get into the chemical side of it. Okay. And so, I mean, how I started, just just about like everybody else, you start when you're young. Yeah. Um, my uncle, um, before he had passed away, he bought me a mower. Nice. Um, he had seen a lot of potential in it. And yep. so I started doing that when I was younger, doing my, my parents, uncle, grandparents, few people around town. Yeah. And then kind of got away from it once I got into high school and got into college. And then once me and my wife bought our first house, I started doing some more again for the neighbors and really, really saw potential into it. Yeah. And saw a need for more lawn care and landscape services around the Cedar Valley area. Yeah, yeah. So here I am today. We got a little girl doing November, so... Congrats, man. That's awesome. That's coming up quick. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, that kind of really, really, you know, made me think, you know, let's let's start making this into a big thing. I see some potential in it, and I would like to kind of give back to the community. That's awesome. You know, help out. I just, I want to give people, you know, the best best value that they can get. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a good. That's a good mission, and and kids definitely change the game for sure, and they make make things more serious. And you tend to. Uh, it's funny for me, at least. You know, you look into your future. Sometimes it's kind of hazy, but then you look into what your kids' future will be like, and you're you know exactly what what you want their future to look like. And so a lot of times, that's that alone is enough to spark the flame of venturing out and hustling and starting your own business. So. 
hit me with this. How how old are you now? And then when did you start um, Northern Iowa Property Management Services? I am 27, and I actually started, officially started, became a business, licensed and everything this year. Okay, um, nice. As for just doing neighbors just right around my block, that's been going since we bought our house about two years ago. Okay, so, okay. I mean. Good, I like that. That, that was more or less just to, you know, do favors and pay me if they want. And yep. Now, you know, now I'm actually. Doing it yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so you've kind of had a taste for it all the way back, yep. tracking to to when your uncle bought you the mower and you and you were mowing for him, and you're just now jumping back into it. So that's cool. That's cool. This will yeah. give this will yeah. give our listeners some some good background. So um, yeah, kind of came full circle there. So yeah, so this is this is your then this is your first full year. Did you do anything last fall? No, not really. I mean, okay. Just Okay. Okay. And so now are you, and you, you said real quick to make sure I got the story straight, are you welding full time and then doing your mowing company on the side or vice versa? Welding full time. Welding full time. Okay. I work, yep. I work four 10 hour days, so I have a three day weekend to, to mow. Really time to get after it. So. Good. Good. And how, how's the season been going? How many, how many clients do you have? What's your, what's your service scope like? Give us a, give us a snapshot of how the year's been going and kind of what your game plan is. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's been going pretty good. I, you know, I I thought that it was going to be a little bit slower. Yeah. But um, I actually kind of hooked up with another company around here that, you know, before I had many accounts, you know, I would help him. Yeah. At night after work. Yep. And just kind of get into get into it a bit more, which I feel like that's actually very helpful if people are wanting to, you know, to, to get into the industry just because you kind of get the feel of the fast pace. Yep. How yep. fast you need to go, your quality. Yep. Yeah. Um, exactly. And in turn for helping him, he would kind of pass on any accounts that he couldn't take on to me. Yeah, that's smart. And so then I, I've just kind of picked up some from there, and so I have 20 full-time accounts and then a few bi-weekly accounts and a few as-needed accounts. Perfect. Um, they're ranging right about $35, $40 a mo. Okay. Um, I'm just getting ready for doing some aeration and overseeding. Yep, yep. For fall, fall so yep, yep. I'm going to be doing some ads for that. That's perfect. That is perfect. That, I mean, yeah, and I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't think you can overstate the fact that you just brought up. I think in our industry, people who are just jumping into it and have never been into it or switching jobs or maybe they're, they're going from a crew leader to starting their own thing or they're just new to the industry in general, what you, what you have done by, by pairing up with another established company is huge. Um, I, I I just we can we've talked about it in a few episodes, but I think that point alone can add value to some of our some of our newer listeners. If you're out there, you're getting ready to start a company. You need to be looking at your competition as a win-win situation because there's there's many opportunities where you can come in 
like you did, work for them, train under them, or maybe offer services at a discount price just to make that connection point and have a win-win where you guys start referring business back and forth to each other. Um, that's yeah. that's pretty awesome that you did that. Now, how practically yeah. speaking, how did you do that? Did you did you go and, and look um, for I, companies or? No, actually, it's the place that I work at. Okay. He takes care of um, of their property, and I was working overtime this spring. Yeah. And so I saw him out there, and I decided, well, I'll stop and be yeah. friendly. I'd actually, you know, heard from one of your podcasts. We'll go out, go network, you know, yep, go yep. get to know people, yep. start making relationships. And he said, well, if you ever need help, you know, or need a little bit of extra money, I'll be glad to hire you. That's awesome, you know, man. That's awesome. It kind of evolved from there, and, it, and it's very nice because he's he's also teamed up with one of the biggest companies around us. Yep. So yep. he gets their prices on anything, so it kind of... It's really connected me a lot. That's and awesome. I do think that's huge. I mean, that's awesome. Huge because otherwise, I'd, I'd be bidding lawns at twenty, twenty-five dollars. Yep. Yep. Thinking, well, I'm, I'm making tons of money, and <laughs> going to hire someone, and yep. all of a sudden you're you're out of business. Yep. And it's never so. So there's there's the networking piece, knowing your subcontractors, knowing your competition. And, and just being being a good person, trying to make a win-win situation out of all of it and, and always caring about them more than yourself. You, that's, that's always the best thing. But then there's, there's, also, the, there's also the education piece where, where you're picking up knowledge that you otherwise wouldn't have access to. And there's also something to say for knowing people who are always one step ahead of you. Um, yeah. No, and, and that's where... Sometimes mentors can play a good role, but sometimes it's just nice to to meet somebody who's two to five years ahead of you, and you can see the systems that they have in place, the struggles, the ups and downs, and how they're managing it. Sometimes it's not even something they're doing good. It's something they're doing wrong, and you're like, hey, when I get to that, I do not want to live my life that way, or I do not want to run my business that way. But either way, it's it's a learning lesson. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean... Huge, it really is. So tell me, what is your goal? Are you, are you wanting to go out full time and 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 take this thing to the next level, or what? What's your goal right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I was, my goal for the time being is I, I want to go full time. I would love to get big enough where I can hire, you know, hire a couple of crews, really get into the fertilization and weed control, maybe some some tree. Treatment, yep. Um, yep. just really, really start ramping up the business. Yep. And I mean, the main mission, like I said, is you know, I, I just, I want to make Waterloo and Cedar Falls a much better place. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I believe that part, part of the lawn really adds to the quality and the value of the house. Oh yeah. And so if we can come in and start adding to the value of it, I mean everything's going to start to go up. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I read the other day um, a nice lawn and landscaping adds anywhere from 15 to 20% of perceived value to a property as opposed to... And that's, that's huge. I mean, yeah. that can literally add $20,000 to a yep. person's property. Yep, yep. 
and 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 then obviously that's that's an overall average there's some in some cases where it's a lot more and somewhere it's less but um if you're if you're blessed for to live in an area where people have the money and they care about their landscaped areas and care about their grass i mean it's just it is it's very rewarding and it's nice to to take care of people's outdoor space you know that's where they live life um especially in the the midwestern states i mean we've got a short time period where it's nice outside and i don't know about you but in the kansas city area here i mean people enjoy their lawns they enjoy being out on their their little slice of heaven so to speak um so tell me eric what what is it going to take you're at you're at 20 lawns now what what is it going to take for you to go full time and what what's kind of your goal let's work through this because i i guarantee you there's listeners out there right now that are in the same spot they're they're firemen or they're teachers and they're doing this in the summer or just like you they've got a full-time gig four days a week and they have three days to grind what what's your goal to go full-time and then how are you going to get there give you obviously the margin in your time and in your schedule once you get to double to to even go higher than that you know right now you've got four days a week where you're where you're welding not a lot of not a lot of marketing sales and production can be done (laughs) during those four days so the margin and 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 possibilities are going to open up um so that's that's cool um and one, one thing speaking to that that'll help you that I wish I would have done because I just kind of went about it willy-nilly and was like, oh, I can, I can bust it. I can hoof it. I can, I can make it to next Friday. But so after reading the book Profit First, we've, we've set up those systems where I allocate percentages of money. I alloc- allocate, you know, 15% to taxes, so much to owner's pay, so much to profit, and then my business has to survive off the rest. If you do that, so if you say, hey, I'm going to allocate um, 20%, 30%, 40%, whatever it is in the beginning of those funds to owner's pay, you can actually back into what you're going to need to live off of. You know, if yeah. you're, if you say, hey, I'm only going to pay myself 20% of whatever the business makes and you need 40 grand to live off of, and you're only billing out a hundred grand on the year. Well, that's only twenty grand. The math, the math doesn't work there. Does that make no, sense? So, so one yep. one thing that would have helped me, I think it'll help you and help our listeners. Know what you need to make, what your family needs, and then back into the numbers from there. So, if you know your business is going to make a hundred grand, well, you better be taking forty percent of that to live off of. Or if your yeah. if your business can do you know, 200 grand, then you can back it down to 20%. 
but you all and you always want that owner's pay number, that percentage to go down because that means your top line revenue is going up, your owner's pay is going up, but the amount of percentage that you have to take from the business for you to live off of is is not as much percentage wise. So that that's yeah. going to leave you more room for growth. Does that make sense? Yep. And actually, actually I'm I'm already doing the profit first system and I have Perfect. to say it, is, it it works great. Perfect. It really Perfect. does. Yep, yep. Yeah, the the cash-based system of accounting and and pre-allocating money, it's it, it's just and it, and it becomes habitual, really. You you just get used to surviving off of what you have, and it's just part of human yep. nature. So, there is a point where I think, you know, 1, one million, 2 million, 5 million in revenue, you have to switch things up a little bit just for projections, but for for the company size that you're at, that I'm at and most of our listeners, the the profit first system is 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 going to be perfect. Um, okay, so your your real goal that you're aiming at right now is is to get to 40, 40 accounts. Yep. You want to add some tree and shrub stuff. You want to add the chemical applications. What are you yep. What are you going to be doing this fall and next spring to get there? Um, this this fall, I'm, I'm already getting ready to go knock on doors and just start start hammering the neighborhood about good. Good. Um, I already, I'm already big on providing the consumer with tons of value. I mean, if, if they've got a question, I'm, you know, I'm more than willing to step up and help, and it's, it's really helped a lot. And so, I mean, I'm just, I'm going to go out there and just really get after it this fall. And I mean, it's Good. all going to be kind of a learning curve still. Good. But now, how? Uh... How about your um, how about your brochures and marketing materials? What uh, have you got those? And are you how how are you doing that? Are you are you leaving behind quotes if they don't answer the door? Or how does that look? Yes, actually, um, I kind of modeling it after after what you've got and what a few other people that I've seen um, off of like YouTube, yeah, like that, yeah. Just, you know, I add a few pictures, you know, of like aeration or of overseeding or a fall cleanup, you know, yep. put, put kind of what we're about, um, Good. maybe a little bit of info, Good. Um, you know, I kind of took your idea of we just serviced your neighbor's lawn, Good. those kind of ideas, Good. and then, you know, just put on there, you know, your price, yep. and I'll just, I'll write it down, I'll you know, try to get in contact with the people if I can, Good. you know, and give, give a little bit of a presentation, and I actually thought about kind of dramatizing the the 15 to 20% of a home's value can be added in a good lawn and landscape by actually, you know, trying to show them with, you know, money, like, yeah, yeah. you know, here's, here's a good yeah. Thing to have, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and 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 it adds a another another string that you can tug on. You know, if if you don't get them with, because you really want to be as many connection points as possible. Like where you went to high school, where you went to school, maybe the fact that you have yeah. a, a family and you're a small business, and if you're faith based, all those like they'll connect with you on faith based, or they'll connect with you on the fact that you have a young family, or connect with you on the fact that. Um, maybe you went to a certain high school or you live in a certain area. All those connection points, people love. 
the uh, yeah. so the book How to Win in uh, yeah How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie says the quickest way to develop friendships is um, inside jokes, using people's first names, and finding common ground. And so, as much common ground that you can build into your brochure, that's that's just going to help. And then the We Service Your Neighbor's Lawn, that tugs that tugs on the string of the grass is always greener on the other side. You know, they look over at their neighbor's property, they're like, oh, snap, which which one of these which one of these people uses Northern Iowa Property Management Service? Because if it's that dude over there, I'm going to start using him. So it's always the, the neighbor comparison thing. And then the, the fact that you're leaving behind a price, that's just, I mean, that's really, really good because it's skipping a step for you. You may be off a few bucks here and there, but in the beginning speed over everything man you want to you want to scale out put as much out as possible and so it's speed 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 if you can become more efficient that's going to allow you to scale and get to those 40 clients pretty quick you also have to back into your numbers on that um and and we'll we'll talk about since we're talking about backing into numbers we'll bring up margin as well and and backing into how to how to quote a property but you want to back into your numbers on brochures. If you do it correctly and put those tips in that we just said, and it's a quality quality stock brochure, it's well-crafted, good logo, you should be at about 1.5 to 2% return if you do it well and you do it in a fluent neighborhood with, with money and they care about their lawns. And so if you know, okay, I want to get 20 more clients, you know that how many brochures that you have to put out to hit those numbers. Um, so if you put out, let's say you put out 4,000 brochures at a 1.5% return, that should that should yield you about 60 clients if you do it correctly. Yeah. And it has to be in the right neighborhood at the right time, you know, mid-spring when everybody's thinking about it. But just just something to chew on. So, well, Eric, Brent, let's let's dive into that now. So we're we're backing in numbers. How do you come up with pricing? And um, how can you kind of explain backing into backing into your margins? I, I mean, for for me, a lot of the prices that I've found, you know, once again, kind of went back to the networking. I can get a good idea of what everyone else in the area is doing. You know, I mean, like for us around here, for aeration. Yep. You know, it, it may be, you know, uh, $100 minimum. Yeah. You know, so I, I automatically know that if that's what the bigger companies are doing, you know, I'm trying to establish myself as a professional company also, yep. not just the average Joe down the street that'll do it on the side. Yep. So I know I've got to I've got to go in at at least similar yep. to, that, to their price. Yep. Um, as for that, you know, I just. I like to base, you know, what I'm going to pay myself. You know, what if I believe I'm worth $60 an hour, yep. then, you know, it, you, know you just kind of got to time track everything. Yep. Yep. You know, you, you got to, if, if it's going to take me a half an hour to aerate that one, well, you know, I got to have at least $30 then for my pay for that half hour. And if you're running the aerator, you got to factor in that cost. You got to factor in any of your gas. Yep. Um, yep. Your your insurance, your your bonding. You yep. know, just any any of that stuff that 
people, I feel like, seem to forget about. Yep, yep. You know, I mean, you, you got all, I hear it all the time from other smaller companies like me that, you know, well, I'm losing money. And it's like, well, you're also not calculating the cost of paying yourself. Yeah, And yeah. you're not figuring, in, you know, you, you might have to have, just to make money, you might have to have to mow a lawn $35 minimum. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You may just be breaking even if that's how your business model is run, you know. Yep. Yeah, but, too many people get into it, and they either just price compare to, to what the competition is doing, or they just say, like, oh, man, you know, an hour of my time, 35 bucks cash, I'm getting paid 8 bucks an hour right now or 10 bucks an hour, whatever it is. That's pretty good. And it's it, that's not how it works. The no. the profit comes in. It's it's as simple as this. It is the price that you're charging the service minus the cost that it takes you to do that service. Now you can get really. And I'm not a CPA, and I don't I don't know all the terminology, but I think it's fixed cost and variable cost. So you want to know, hey, what's my margins on my fixed cost? And so that would be the price it takes you to do an aeration minus all the expenses so minus the seed minus the gas for the aerator minus the gas it took you to get there minus any other product cost and then minus labor after that so that's going to be your fixed cost and your labor you always want to you always want to track it because the goal is to put you in a position to where you're working yourself out of that job and this is this is the point that people miss if you're always just pricing your labor into it, you doing the job, you're never going to have enough margin to hire and put somebody in that position. And so you have to figure out, if I was to leave and go do something else, what is it going to cost me, my company, to put somebody in that role and do that job? And so that's your fixed cost. And then your, your variable cost comes in with what you said, You know, your, your insurance, your, your taxes. Maybe you have a bookkeeping fee. Um, you have ongoing, maybe a, a rent payment, or you have a payment on a truck and trailer, or a mower that you're trying to pay down. All those are the the costs that you have to throw in after the fact. And there is, ah, my my CPA just told it to me the other day. There there is a separate name for that. I don't think it's variable cost, but it is it is a different way of getting um, a different type of margin. And that margin, the technical term for that is actually cost to goods sold. So you get into the corp, you get into the corporate world, and and guys are gonna say, well, what's your what's your cost of goods sold, and they're gonna want that number, and uh, we we don't do this perfectly, but I will tell you, um, the extra time that I have had the past few weeks, it's all been centered around knowing my numbers, because winners keep score, and knowledge is power. If you don't know your numbers, you're not gonna know where to allocate money, where to grow, what's the most profitable. And therefore, you can't do any projections. So, that's that's my two cents on that. Um, what about uh, and and has your pricing been been pretty pretty spot on since you've been helping that other guy, or how has that been? Has it been a learning process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a few a few of my properties at first, you know, I mean, I I underbid them just a little bit. Nothing too bad that. I wasn't really losing money, but I wasn't making any money, and so, you know, I had to adjust that a bit. Yeah. But, 
otherwise, I mean, actually, they were they were pretty close. And as, as for all my other pricing, it's been right right up there too. And Good. you know, I know I'm not going to be the cheapest. I I believe that you know you need to find that spot where you know you might get a few people that'll tell you you know, holy cow, that's you know that's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you should stick right in there. Yep, you know, exactly. Just, just exactly. because if, if you got everyone taking taking your your bids, well, you're way way too cheap. Yep. If you got everybody turning down your bids, well, you might need to kind of reevaluate. Yep. No, that, those are that's perfect. Really, really good out of bounds marker, and that's supply and demand, right? You know, su- yeah. su- supplies low, demands up, and so if you're if you're doing too much work and your your head's spinning and you don't want to hire anybody or maybe you do have a guy, raise your prices, thin it out a little bit. You'll be making the exact same money with less work. And um, yeah, pe- people are very very afraid to raise their prices. It's scary. You're worried what the client's gonna say. You're gonna lose a bunch of people. But you got to educate the client on on what's going on in your small business. And for the most part, if you're if you're doing good work, they're not gonna have an issue with it. I would even say this. Say you underbid a client, you realize you're losing money or you're just breaking even. Just being honest and genuine with the client as a small business owner, they're nine times out of ten not going to have an issue. If you say, hey, here's the deal. I bid this. I thought I was spot on with it, but turns out I'm human. I made a mistake. I'm, I'm either going to break even or lose money on this. Is it okay if I up it five, ten, twenty dollars whatever it is? And if you... If they say no, well, it may be time to, to break ties with them because you don't you don't want to spend your time breaking even. That's I mean that's called a hobby. Yeah. That that's that's yeah. that's mag- madness. So you don't you don't want to do that at all. You don't want to do that at all. Um, okay, Eric, I want to I want to respect your time. We we've been chatting about thirty minutes now, so let's do this. Let me ask you just a couple key questions here towards the end that I, that I think will help our listeners. You're you're in a spot. I mean, our our age range is like 24 to 35 for guys that are listening to this podcast. You've got you've got a baby on the way. You've got a job. You're trying to go full time in this. What's like? Your head hits the pillow at night. What's like the what's like the one thing that you're really really worried about? The the one thing that scares you about about taking this jump and and how could uh, how could our community maybe talk to you on Instagram or reach out to you some way and help you out? Um, you know, I'm not so much worried about finding the the business. Yeah. You know, I, I I believe with my personality, I I try to be as genuine as possible. I was always raised to, you know, be be very nice to everybody and be as accommodating as possible. But that also kind of comes as a double-edged sword when it comes to time for me to hire employees. I mean, you know, that that's one of those that if I if I were to hire a friend which most of my friends I know would do great work for me. Yeah. But I also know that if they were to be slacking, it may be pretty difficult for me or even for others also to, you know, tell them, hey, you, 
you got to go. Yeah. You know, you, you're hurting the business more than you're doing good. But then I also feel like it's kind of nerve-wracking to have to hire someone that you've never even met before. And I know that there's a lot of things that you can kind of weed, weed, you know, applicants out. But everybody seems to kind of put on, you know, a completely different face when you have to go through an interview. I yeah. Mean, what, what would you think about something like that? Okay, so there's... There's a lot in there, man. There, there. That's a, a jam-packed question. We, we could honestly. One thing I might do is, is a whole show on, on hiring, firing, and, and how to go up correctly. We don't have it all figured out, but we, we definitely are being intentional about how we do it. So let's speak to the hiring your friend part first. Okay. I think the first year, maybe the second year, hiring a friend is not a bad thing. Because you know the person, you trust the person, you like the person. It makes going to work and starting the company, it makes it fun. And, and you'll, you'll always have those memories, you'll always cherish those memories. As an ongoing thing, for you, you have to be self-aware enough to know, do I have the goal to set boundaries with this friend? Because oftentimes... A, a brother, a sister, a best friend, unless you guys are the perfect personality types to mesh together, it doesn't work. And it doesn't work because both people don't set boundaries. One person's worried about coming down on the other, or one person is worried about saying no when he probably should say no, or one person kind of gets used to the other person doing all that work, the other person doesn't communicate it because he doesn't want to hurt their feelings. And then that person resents the other. And so there's just so much after your business grows that if you don't handle it properly, it, it, it can spiral out of control. Um, so Dave Ramsey and Entree Leadership talk a lot about this. What he, what he says is you literally have to put on your work hat. And when you have your work hat on, that's not your friend. That's just simply... Tommy and Tommy's there to work for you and you're there to pay Tommy for doing quality work now once the doors close you close the trailer you're done now he's your buddy you put your friend hat back on and you guys are buddies again but in those first two years when he's working for you I mean there there just has to be really really solid boundaries um, I personally I prefer to hire guys that I know, like, and trust, and we hire off of the model of Pat Lincioni's book um, on hiring. I can't remember the name of it, so sorry for that, but he talks about hiring people who are humble, people who are hungry, and people who are smart, and not book smart. I don't like book smart people. I mean, I don't mind them, but I like street smart people. I like emotional intelligent people. That's what we need, and specifically in our industry. I don't need an engineer I need somebody who's who's friendly and can go out and find find the engineer. So that's worked for us, and I prefer to hire those people and have them become my friends, um, just because the the boundaries are already there, and they know you're the boss, and then the fit friendship develops off of that platform rather than starting at a friendship and you becoming the boss. So that's just my personal viewpoint on it. I don't hire family. Um, I don't like it. I've got enough stress in my life 
I don't need added boundary stress. I've got enough boundary stress everywhere else. Um, so I will tell you, so the other thing that I've been working on is the actual interview process is huge. So you can't just put out an ad or start asking people, hey, do you want to come work for me? And then the first guy that can fog up a mirror, you hire. And then you throw him on a mower and then he starts making mistakes or shows up late for work. And you're like, man, that guy sucks. Well, no, that's that's your fault. It's your fault because you hired the bum. Or it's your fault because you didn't cast the vision or you didn't explain why each thing is important that he does on a daily basis. Or you didn't explain where your company's going. And, you know, the fact that he's doing this lawn with pride and and not skipping a weed when he has to go back and grab the backpack sprayer and spot spray, that actually translates to a better community, a better life, and more pay on his paycheck over time. So one thing we're doing is we try to really, really slow down the interview process. Because what we found is the longer that we hang out with people, the more of their like the more of their positives and the more of their negatives come come out. So if, if the guy's just a straight shark, he's a sales killer, he's a producer like crazy, he's going to hustle, those things come out and you're like, man, I really like this guy. But what also happens is sometimes some of those flaws rear their ugly head and you're like, ooh, okay, now, now I can see why, you know, now I can see why he's been on a weed eater for, for 10 years and been fired after 10 months at each job. Um, so what we do for that is we do an initial phone interview. We make again we make it quick, we make it brief, we make sure the key things, you know, are are you a citizen? Can you drive? Have you had experience? Why do you want this job? How did you hear about us? All those key things, we knocked out about it in 10 to 15 minutes. If we screen them and we like them, we then set in a, a second interview. And then we ask so um, go to go look up Patrick Lincioni's book. And, and he gives you some interview questions around the topics of humble, hungry, and smart. Um, really, really beneficial. We use those in our second interview. If the guy passes that, we get his references. We call the references. If we pass that, we then schedule anywhere from two to four ride-alongs, depending on, on the situation. Like if we need somebody ASAP, we'll just do two ride-alongs. But if we've got time, like right now, we're already starting to hire for next spring. We'll do we'll do four we'll do four ride-alongs. So I'll send him on a, a ride-along with our our team leader. I'll send him on a ride-along with one of our other turf route managers, and the third and fourth one will usually be with me. Um, but for you, in your case, you just say, "Hey, man, I've got an hour worth of work here. If you're interested in the job, you're gonna ride along with me and see what we do." Don't one thing that I like to do is don't ask him to help. Just see what he's like. Is it the kind of guy that's just going to sit in the truck on his phone while you're out there weed eating and mowing? Because you probably don't want that guy. But if if it's the kind of guy that's like, dude, I'm here, I'm doing nothing, I might as well help Eric out, bro. That's that's the kind of guy you want to push to the next ride along. And once you find that guy, that's when you start third ride-along, fourth ride-along, casting the vision for the company, what your mission is, and you start putting the carrot out there that he's going to be chasing. Because if you immediately just start, here's your daily routine, here's this, 
You know, it's just it's just going to always be another guy on a mower. So that's one thing we've been doing, um, and and hopefully hopefully that can help you. Yeah, yeah, that that's something I never thought of. I mean, that's good. Yeah, the the ride-alongs are really good, bro. The ride-alongs are really good. Another thing, as your company grows, is we do 30, 60, 90. So they're technically what we call probation period. They're in a training. They they do paid training. So they're not getting the full salary that we would normally give them until after 90 days. And then what happens with that again is after 30, like, so after those 30, 60, 90 day meetings, on the 91st day, you're not obligated to them and they're not obligated to you. If, if they've, because what happens is after even 30 days, man, they settle in, they feel like they're a part of the team, they're shooting the breeze, cutting it up in the mornings with the guys. If you're not liking how he's meshing with your team or she is meshing with your team, you can cut them after 30. If they're meshing perfectly but they're not producing or you see that maybe they're not as loyal or you can't really trust what they're saying after 60 days, you cut them. And it's really nice that after that 90 days, you have a really, really good snapshot of what that person's going to be like because they've actually been working for you and they've been doing paid training. Now, the good person... You just you switch them to full compensation and, and send them on their merry way. Okay. So does that does that help right. you at all? Yeah, it does. Cool. It does. Cool, cool, man. Well, Eric, um, I appreciate uh, appreciate your time. Let's uh, let's chat again really really soon, and I'm uh, send me a picture of that baby girl that you guys are gonna have in November. Have you picked out a name yet? Yes, Adeline Renee. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. Got and, and that that's your first girl, right? Yep. Yep, that's the first uh, kid. Hold on tight, brother. Hold on tight. I've got I've got a two and a half year old girl and a one year old girl and it is it's the best and worst thing ever someday. <laughs> yeah, but the one the ones into their terrible twos already. Huh? Yep, yep. It it'll be awesome, man. It it's gonna be the best thing yeah. to ever happen to you. So so congrats on that. Keep our community in the loop on the the hiring process and, and how you're doing with, with pushing towards 40 accounts. Um, we're here to help you and grow with you, and we appreciate your time and, and wish you and your family all the best. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Brent. Hey, thanks, Eric. Have a good weekend.